Welcome to our 97th, wow, sorry, 197th yeah. edition yeah. of Investor Guys podcast. So we're just a couple away from the big 200. We've been talking about that the last few shows we've done, but we are we are right there, so close. Closing to in in a hurry. Yeah. So how are you doing, first of all? How's the weather over there? Because I know a lot of well, people are getting snow and a lot of people are getting some great weather and uh as you it's Florida see, here, so it's always great weather. So as you Looking can good. see uh, at the bay here in Fort Worth, Texas, <laughs> on my oceanfront property in Fort Worth, uh, the weather's beautiful. All right. That oceanfront uh, Fort Worth property has got to be right. a lot, too. It is. Yeah. So. It's hard to find here. <laughs> but so you we know what? If, any, if, anybody, if, anybody, if anybody could find it, it'd be you. You bet. It was 80 degrees here yesterday. Awesome. We're going to be at uh, 77 today. Yeah, by the weekend, we'll be back down in the low 60s, high 50s, but got a, a couple of days that are nice. And hey, you know what? When you get to the end of February, I had the top down yesterday, shorts on. You can do that and you still uh, live in a, a free country like Texas. Uh, you got to love it. Take it when you can get it for sure. Yep. So now one of the things I've been wanting to talk to you about for a long time and a lot, our viewers don't know this at all. I don't think we've mentioned it at all, but for a while back at the beginning of last year, you took a, a, a dive, a deep dive. Into something, yeah. Yeah. Into something that was uh, not, not necessarily outside of your comfort zone, but, but not what you normally do all the time. Yep. And uh, I, I, I'd like to hear your experiences and, and we talked, you know, back and forth while you were doing that, but, but hear your experiences, hear your thoughts, um, especially now that you've come out on the other side of it. Uh, and I'll let you explain what that was and, uh, tell, tell us about it. Tell us what you learned, if anything, um, tell <laughs> well, us what, what you experiences know, you think are going to help you uh, moving forward. Uh, just, just everything. When you're breathing, you better be learning. So I learned a ton in doing this. So I had, uh, had an opportunity that came up and, and, you know, it came, that opportunity came directly from a relationship that you had. Uh, and that person connected to a person connected to a person. And I ended up talking to this guy, we do a deal where I did a, a consulting gig for a top 10 home builder guy in the country, finding them raw land to go build on. And I learned so much in, I don't know, seven, eight months of doing that. And we were doing that up until the interest rate market uh, spiked like it did for mortgages in June of 22. And then in July of 22, the results of that spike started hitting the sales numbers for that company. And they were down shockingly. I mean, it was, it was shocking. It's a publicly traded company, blah, blah. And so they retrenched dramatically. Uh, and one of the phone calls was to me going, hey, we have to uh, end the consulting deal uh, because of what's going on here in the Salzburg. So anyway, they came into North Texas. And because of your contacts, my contacts, and, and talking to the guy that was they sent here to run this deal, He's like, hey, I think you can help us find property to develop. And so you learn about so many different things. And mainly, uh, 
no different than you and I as an individual investor. It's all about cost. It's not just buying the cheapest piece of dirt you can get. It's how is that going to look when we've got a house on it and we're selling? What's it going to take for us to get the streets in, for us to get all the utilities in? Are we going to be doing well in septic? Or are we going to be doing city? Everything we did was city. We had the option for well in septic, but the pricing got out of that because you have to have a larger piece of land, at least in North Texas, to be able to put, you got to have at least an acre for septic. If you've got well and septic, most of the counties in North Texas, you have to have a minimum two acre. So now you're driving your price up pretty dramatically. So we were typically looking at those uh, 50 foot wide, 100 foot deep lots. That was the focal point for building that. So it was just really interesting getting out all over from Austin to Oklahoma and both sides of the state, east and west, looking for land that fit a long laundry list. But you know what? There's land out there that fits the long laundry list. You just have to hunt. This is no different than finding a fix and flip, than finding excellent rental property. Kevin and I look at 40% return of cash on cash return on investment as the absolute bar none floor. And most of the time we're 50 plus percent when we're doing cash on cash on our rental income. So a lot of people say, you can't do that. Well, that's BS. We do it all the time. Is it work? Yes. Was it work finding these lots? Yes. But it's like everything else. When you put your effort into it and some of the things I picked up some great pieces of technology that I had not been familiar with. Some of you probably use this stuff for years, but one of the pieces of technology, an app called LandGlide, I use that like crazy in my investing. And it just, while you're riding around, you can hit your phone on it and point your phone toward a piece of property and it's kind of like Shazam with music. You know, it'll it'll pull up that property. It'll tell you who owns it. It'll you'll see it. Uh, I know you're looking at it, but you'll also see it map wise. You can see the taxes. There's a lot of different things you can do. It see how it's zoned, blah blah, almost instantly. And uh, I was unfamiliar with that. I got introduced to that. That was one of the things that I loved uh, using. Still use it now. Use it every day. Uh, just about on my phone. And then there was another one too, one that I don't use as much, Land Vision, a, a similar type of process, except with Land Vision, as the name might tip your hat to, you can actually see the piece of property. So literally you can just put an address in and you'll get a satellite view of that piece of property. Now, just like uh, Google Earth or whatever, it's going to be it's not going to be live, uh, but it's pretty doggone current. Uh, and those kind of things, when you're looking at residential property, we have a limited amount of time, just like we do on the podcast. So, Kev, you let me know when we hit commercial. Yeah, we, we're, we're up for a break, but Let's we'll be it. right back. And I want to talk about more, more of those tools. And I also yeah. want to talk about the numbers because the numbers that this company use, we're right in sync with what we always tell 
investors also. They had a different way of doing it, but their profit margins were exactly the same as what, as what we do. But we'll be right back and we're gonna talk about that more in just a minute. And we are back and uh, just, before, just before we left, Bill was talking about a couple of tools and, and Land Vision is, is a great, great tool, especially if you are buying uh, land for development or vacant land. And some of the some of the things that I liked about Land Vision, some of the things I use Land Vision for still. Um, first off, the, the first thing, first thing that I like about it is not what I use it most for. And that is that I can integrate Land Vision into spreadsheets. I can do a spreadsheet for all the 7-Elevens in a certain area and integrate that onto Land Vision and it'll literally show me on a map where all of the 7-Elevens are. Um, I can do all the fire stations, I can do all the police stations, I can do all of the schools, I can do whatever I want and it will, on a spreadsheet, and it will automatically populate that onto a Land Vision map. Now also through Land Vision, we have access to tax records, we have access yep. to floodplains and that's what i use it for most yeah, here in that Florida, was way cool is is floodplains so i i know whether we're looking at a hundred year floodplain or or whatever it is that, that, that happens to be in that particular area i also know based upon the 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 land vision and another map that i use from from geo survey whether it's worth getting a lomar a lomar is where i can actually build that particular property up to where it's above the floodplain and I get a exclusion from uh, FEMA so that I don't have to have the same flood insurance that somebody would have to have if they were in a certain floodplain. So uh, I will know whether a Lomar is worth getting, whether it's worth building it up 15 inches. And sometimes 15 inches is all I need to do for a Lomar. And a lot of times 15 inches is what I have to build it up anyway, because a lot of times the code for certain counties and certain cities around here are that it has to be 15 inches above street level anyway. Um, so that helps me out a lot. I love Land Vision for those reasons. Yeah. Um, it's a great tool. And, and literally, while we're on this subject, if you can find tools that make your investing and make your life easier for that matter, but if you can find tools that are going to make your life or your investing easier, it is absolutely worth the investment. It is absolutely worth getting a hold of those tools. There are different, there are open source versions of these that uh, do close to the same things, but not all of the same things. Start with something like that. See if you like yeah. it. See if, if, if it's benefiting you. If it is, make the investment. It's, it's absolutely worthwhile. If you buy one piece of development property a year, something like Land Vision will pay for itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you can, you can use this in any type of real estate. You can use it in fix and flip. So one of the things that we used it for in looking for developable, developable land was, hey, where's vacant? And so you have, you put some parameters in, am I looking for, what size am I looking for? Am I looking for a lot or, or am I looking for acreage? Um, and you know, what county am I looking in? But you can do all of that stuff very, very quickly. The great thing about using these tools is it allows us to manage our time incredibly. So when you look at, you know, uh, realtor.com has done such a great job in providing the general public so much of the information that you and I have access to through the MLS. And it makes an investor better. The more information that you've got, if you are pulling the trigger, 
the better you do. Now, you can't let the technology and the information get in the way of taking action. What you're doing is you're letting this filter out the stuff that you might miss or filter out, I've got to go physically have my boots on the ground on this piece of land or on this house. Now, before I buy it, that's going to happen. Because no matter how good the satellite photos are or what you're seeing on, uh, you're going using Google Maps and you're going up and down the street, doesn't matter how good any of that is. When you get to pull the trigger and you're making an offer or you get an offer accepted before that offer closes or before the money goes hard, that's the end of your option period. In commercial, you'll hear it referred to as the money's going hard. In residential, it's the option period or the inspection period. Before those time frames end, you wanna have your boots on the ground looking at that property or somebody that you entrust incredibly well because you've given them your checkbook when you do that, when you've got somebody that you can trust well for their eyes to go look at the property if it happens to be out of town. We buy stuff out of state all the time, Kevin and I and, and people that we work with, we buy in different markets in different parts of the country and not gonna hop on a plane and go look at a single family house. But I am gonna have somebody that I trust and usually it's a relationship that's been built up either with an agent or an inspector and have them go look at it and give me a, they may do a FaceTime walkthrough or they may just say, hey, I went and looked at it. I think we're in good shape or hey, there's a couple of surprises. Here's what they were. So those kind of things are important. And using this technology helps you see more property. That's the whole point of it. I make better decisions and I get to see more property. Now, we're about up on, uh, on a it, break here. We are up on a break. And the other thing about the tool, real quick before we go, any tool, is it provides more information. And yep. the more information you have to make those decisions, to put those numbers together, the better situation you are sitting in. Now, yep. we are up on a break, as Bill mentioned. Hang but with we'll be, us, because we'll be we're right going to be back. talking about 4 when we get back. Yes, we're going to talk about money. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and this is this is something that, that Bill and I have said over and over and over again, is do this by the numbers. Look at what your return on investment is. Now, I have I I still work with a lot of home builders in that in that top ten. Um, I'm still in communication with the individuals at the the company that uh, Bill is talking about. A lot of the home builders have pumped their brakes or even slammed on their brakes as far as buying anything else because on the tail end where they have to sell these homes, okay? And some of them, sometimes I, I think it's nearsighted, not necessarily farsighted because eventually these numbers are gonna bounce back and eventually they're gonna need these homes to sell again. They're gonna be behind the curve. And some home builders, they understand that and they're still acquiring more property. They've just slowed down. Others have pumped the brakes such as the one that Bill's talking about. Um, the one thing that is in common with all of these home builders and what Bill and I keep talking about is do your numbers, do your numbers, do your numbers. Bill, I, I already know this, but but for our listeners, what was the profit margin, the annual profit margin that this company needed to have for for their comfort level? Yeah, and I'm going to answer that, but I'm going to give some background info before I give you the straight number. 
So here's the things that I want you to consider when we're answering this question. This is a top 10 national home builder. This is a publicly traded company. So when we talk about certain interest rates, when Kevin and I talk about 40 being the floor and we're looking at 50 plus as our norm, a lot of people roll their eyes. They're like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. The minimum this company would be willing to move forward with on a purchase is if you could prove out this piece of land would be able to deliver a home sale that would create a 40% margin. Publicly traded, gigantic company, 40% margin minimum. And the way the process was, you, you had to put together a bunch of numbers. Yeah, you and I as, as single family investors or as rental investors or multifamily investors, we think we do a lot of math. We do nothing compared to what these guys do and companies like them that are on that scale. But it was do not even attempt to present something for the company to buy if there's not a minimum of 40% profit in there. When you extrapolate, we're buying a piece of raw land, here's the time frame that it's gonna be before there's a house we can sell on it. Here's the steps we have to go through to get to that point. But all in all in all, when we got to the point of selling the property, if that transaction didn't end up having 40% profit margin in it, it didn't happen. Okay. And that is with the acquisition cost of the raw land. That is with the development cost of not just that lot, but when you buy raw land, you're also putting in streets, you're also putting in infrastructure. So yep. the percentage per that lot, uh, that is also the build cost for that lot, the building materials, the actual uh, construction cost to build that lot, and the hold time for that lot before you're actually able to sell it. Because once the, once the property is finished, it may be two months or three months before that property is sold. So what is each one of those cost factors going to be? And they pay a commission to the person who's selling the house. How much is that going to be? And how much is it going to be for Bill's cost? Because Bill was working for the company. How much is it going to be for each of the people working for the company in each steps of those ways? And what is the hold cost for maintenance? What is the hold cost for insurance? What is the whole cost for taxes? Things that we're looking at for ourselves normally on, on a rehab or a flip, but they have all those same costs, all those same factors. It's just a different, a different level of looking at it. And they're looking at 20, 30, 400, 500 units, parcels for each one of these deals where they're having to calculate the, the, the numbers. Yeah. And again, this company is not interested in doing it unless there is a 40% annual profit margin minimum and they have to they have to, to do those numbers they have to click they have to jive they do what's called a lot book and and bill bill had his cut his teeth on some lot books and he great stuff that's that's all the numbers and it also includes all the information for the neighborhood because there are different things especially when you're doing a development of, of any size or things that affect the value of that particular property, the schools, how close is the fire station? How close is the local uh, shopping center? How close yeah. is the local hospital? You know, all those things factor into, and they have a number of value that you can assign to it. And the, the, the one thing that was interesting about this particular company, a lot of other home builders, um, 
and, and a lot of other home builders don't do this. Like for example, Dr. Horton does not have a set number. Uh, the company that Bill was was working with and that I, I worked with and, and still do a little bit of stuff with on the side, they have a flat number. They cannot exceed X amount of dollars for acquisition of a lot. They can't exceed X amount of dollars for uh, building this particular property. They can't exceed X amount of dollars for this, that, or the other. Now, this particular country com company builds cookie cutter homes. Every single house is exactly not every single house they have a set of, of models but they're all cookie cutter they know exactly how much it's going to cost to build each one of these particular elevations uh, they know what they're going to be able to sell each one of those elevations for in that market their pro projected sales cost um, they have a set of suppliers that supply all of their materials you don't get to pick what you want for your yeah. flooring it is picked for you. you don't get to pick what you want for your cabinets or your countertops uh, or paint color or anything else all of that yeah. is picked for you and it all comes from the same vendor um, so they had it very very cookie cutter um, the margins for each one of these things was 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 very cut and dry if in one way it was great but in another way it wasn't because you could say well you know what I know that this property is going to be worth a lot more because there's this coming in the next year before you're going to get this built. Doesn't matter. It has to fit that particular criteria for that specific time. Other home builders, they say, oh, yeah, that's something that we need to factor in. Lennar will do that. Uh, DR Horton will do that. Other home builders will do that. And they'll say, you know what? You're right. This lot is worth more. Uh, this particular company, that's not how they did it. It was strictly, strictly by the numbers, and they had their numbers like Bill said, pretty much set in stone. Yep. And you couldn't so, deviate from that. I don't want our, our investors listening to miss this. You said something that I think is crucial. I've done in my business for 30 years, and I know you've done it a lot, which is we don't give the home buyer options. This is the house. If you're doing it right on the front end, you're not going to have them going, oh, I wish you'd have done this or I wish you'd have done that. I have, in, especially new investors all the time going, well, we're going to let them pick the paint. We're going to let them pick the carpet. I'm like, mistake. They won't be happy with your choice and they will drive you crazy changing things. And if you're going to be a builder, what's the, you talk to a builder, one of the biggest frustrations they have is buyers and buyers flip-flopping from this and that. And yesterday it was uh, ghost gray walls. Today it's sky blue. Uh, you know, what's this buyer gonna say tomorrow? And yeah, they're getting change fees, blah, blah. But it's a pain in the rump and it slows the process down and it affects your profitability. So when you have the ability to, to learn how to do it correctly, are my houses cookie cutter? Yes, they are because I can do a house exactly the same way on the interior, save me money and time. And nobody's going to notice because I don't have 40 houses in a row. I typically don't have two houses in the same subdivision at the same time. So every now and then I, I luck out like that, but it's not very often. So even though we're doing the same thing, we're doing it because of the profitability and the speed but because we're scattered out in a market, you don't get anybody going, well, you know, all their houses look the same when in fact they do. And there are builders 
Lennar is one of them. Dr. Horton is another. There's, there are other builders that will let you choose what you want for your interior colors for your countertops, but you choose from a list that they give you. You can't say, well, I'd like this particular type of quartz and bring in your own samples. That, that just doesn't do it. They mark each one of those treatments up. And that's what they call them as treatments, the interior treatments. They mark those up. Exterior treatments, same thing. If you want something different, if you want a pool put into this house uh, before you move in, okay, they're going to pay a pool person to put it in, and then they're going to mark it up, and you're going to pay more than if you'd have bought this house and put your own pool in. Uh, I always tell people, and I've done new home sales too. That was one of the things that I did in, in California, the brokerage that I had was we, we would help launch uh, new developments. And I would tell people, you know what, just get the cheapest carpet that you can possibly get, rip it up and put the carpet in that you want. Don't pay the builder for the high-end add-ons because you're going to pay through the nose for it. Get the cheapest that you possibly can and then put in what you want once you own the property. Um, we are up on our our time, wow. but uh, great Move conversation. Yeah, great conversation. I, I, I loved hearing your experiences. And uh, we will see you guys here very soon for show number 198. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you guys very, very soon. Thanks, everybody. All right.